black, white, and mixed. Black, white, black, white, and mixed. Mix. Black, white, and mixed. Come on, black, 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 and black, 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 white, and mixed. Hello and welcome to Black, White, and Mixed, a podcast about race and culture in America. I am your host, Doug Ogden, and I'm here with my friends, Brandon Johnson. What's good? And Kenny Roberts. I don't have a good one. That's good enough. Yeah, because you're wrapped up in like a, he's like wrapped in a, it's, it's like <laughs> a, a little too cozy. He looks ridiculous. He looks super cozy though. You got to give him that. I'm mad cozy. No, he looks ridiculous. This is what All right, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Go ahead, Kenny. I was just saying, this is what this is what happens when we record over Zoom. We've been this, yeah, we haven't done this in a while. Yeah, it's my fault. But people. we have a special guest. Come on, we're very special excited. Guest. Come we're on. very excited to welcome our friend via <laughs> Dallas, on. Texas, currently in Greensboro. Portia Childs, welcome to Black White Mixed. Hey y'all. Okay. That was extra like Texas. What's y'all. good, y'all? Come on, come on. Yeah, that was good. Represent bring the home some, state. Bring some. Uh, <laughs> What are they? Longhorn State flavor to the. Is that right? Longhorn? Yeah. Texas yeah. Longhorns, right? Longhorn. All right, bet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, there you go. I was about to say panhandler, and I was like, nah, that's Florida. <laughs> I feel like Texas has Look, a panhandle, though. We do have a panhandle. Uh, I've never yeah. been. Uh, those, the light doesn't touch those parts. Like on, but you if, know, if I would have called y'all that, all of Texas would have been pissed oh, at yeah, me. Oh, yeah, I've been a problem. You know? Man, yeah, that's bad. That's bad. I don't know that's anything about those parts. That's not. I'm saying. That's not in my yeah. My I'm not trying to tick off Texas. They got big guns down there. <laughs> There's a lot of truth they, in that. They got this is Portia. <laughs> Portia is only Portia is our second guest ever. Ooh, this is true. Yeah, yeah, this is true. And unfortunately, I'm gonna out us. This is our first female guest, so it's long overdue. That's real. That's not bad. If I'm well, just a second, though, right? I mean, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I appreciate that. Top five. That was yeah. very gracious. Yeah. Grace. <laughs> so Kenny started asking Portia interview questions before yeah. Brandon hit the record button. So we're going to pretend that that didn't happen. And Kenny, did you uh, have something you wanted to ask Portia about? Yeah. I mean, let's let's really think <laughs> about this. This is me that we're talking about. So do you really think I remember what I asked her? I think mm, you do. Maybe not. Oh boy. The uh, oh, how did you? How did you? <laughs> you you mentioned traveling. Yeah. And how did you end up traveling? That was a terrible <laughs> way to ask a question. <laughs> how, oh my gosh! How did you was ever travel? <laughs> Ken, Kenny's only ever traveled with a travel agent, and now that they're extinct, he doesn't Ooh, know how to book a flight fancy. or anything. Uh, uh, Come on now. That must be nice. That, um, that's baller status right I there. I mean... I watched Black AF and then I was like, yo, I got to step my game up. <laughs> so. Did he have a travel agent? No, but he had. He flew on PJ on that episode. That's not the same thing as a travel agent. It's not. But they can send you coach. <laughs> they, can, they can send you coach and, <laughs> with a travel agent. I don't know. Travel agent can, a travel agent can put you on Megabus. This is, they they really, that's right. They can, that's right. Yeah. 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 Ain't that's that against right. the travel agent code of ethics or something like that? <laughs> that's how you roll. Mm-mm, nah, man. Really give me the figure, give man. me the pizza. Give me the pizza. Okay, no, but Portia. Okay, so you you like to travel? Yes. Um, but you you mentioned earlier. You said your field allows you to travel. Tell us yeah. a little bit about that, please. Yeah. So I'm uh, associate director for global research at. Uh, a university here in, in the Greensboro Triad area. 
uh, and my background has been in international education. So uh, one of the perks of being in international education is you need to be able to move around the world pretty quickly. So uh, I started off by, I lived in Japan for a year, taught English, really never left the, had never left the country, didn't have a passport, didn't speak Japanese, and a former... Uh, a faculty member in undergrad remembered me and was like, hey, I remember we talked about this when you were, you know, in undergrad. It was three years later. I was living in Houston mm. at the time. And I, yeah, I mean, it was great. I mean, I couldn't have, I didn't remember that I had talked about that with him, but sold everything, moved in like four to six months to Japan, lived there for a year, um, taught English. I was there during the great earthquake of Japan. So that was wild to be wow. there during that time, that 2010, yeah. 2011 uh, mm -hmm. time, time space. Yep. But, um, and and just from there, that was it. I loved it. I mean, my attitude was, and I give credit to my mom. Before I moved, she was like, "What's the worst that could happen? Like, go in with that mindset of if all else fails, you know, you can come back home, right? If you don't like it, if you hate it, yeah. you can just get back on a plane yeah. and come home." And so, everything mm. from scuba diving in Okinawa to snowboarding in Hokkaido, mm. um, we actually a friend and I we broke we uh, made our way somehow. Um, we tricked our way into the MTV M, uh, VMAJ Awards. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. Just act like you belong there. Just act no, like you belong there. Like, legit, I was like, if you look like you know you're going, no one stops you. And I just exactly. walked straight in. Um, yeah. And so and that's I bet, how, And yeah. I bet there were, there were not many people of color oh, no. over there. In, in my small city, I think I was the only black person I ever saw. You definitely could have told um, them that you were like a singer performing there. And people assumed, <laughs> right? People always assume a lot of things. And so that was that was that was fun sometimes, not so much fun when people are taking pictures of you without your permission. But sure, that's right. oh my gosh. Yep, yeah. That's so right. after, wow. yeah. Forty five minutes from Tokyo, so we went there like every weekend. So being able to be in a city that big, I was like, What's this is amazing. Why would people not do this? And so, um yeah, yeah after coming back to the States, got my master's degree, I was like, I just wanna I wanna travel. Mm. And I don't want to pay for it. Um, and on. so, best of both worlds. Yeah. So, I've been to uh, Thailand, <laughs> yeah. China, France, uh, Spain, uh, Cambodia, a few other places. And I, I love it. Wow. So, yeah. That's awesome. Mm. That's yeah, super yeah. cool. Are all of the... When, when you go, you know, to all those different places that you mentioned, are those for, you know, is that for a few months? Is that for a year? Do you... I wish it was longer. No, typically, it, it depends on the trip. Um Mm -hmm. uh, maybe a week top some places it depends on what we're going for because I'm there for education it's typically we're meeting with universities or schools mm. or checking on students that kind of thing sometimes okay. it's for a conference so you kind of just try to finesse how long you can stay um, in another space uh, for a conference yeah that's good um, my current attack those weekends oh, oh yeah oh, as long as the flights are the same <laughs> yeah you're staying as long as, uh, yep. as you possibly can so <laughs> um, yeah COVID of course has stopped and halted everything and not to sound like a selfish person but that's one thing I miss um, we're supposed to be in China for like three weeks this past summer and this upcoming oh, summer. And so missing man. out on some time uh, being in the air. So, um, but again, mm. like that's, that's real like selfish. So I need to be careful of that kind of navel gazing. Mm. There are other things that are more important, but I do miss <laughs> it. Yeah. Yeah. I, hear sure. that. I think that's hey, fair. Though. Right. I think that's fair to mention though. You know what I mean? That's one thing that you miss. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You, you, you Especially are, if that's a big part of your life. Right, right, right. Exactly. And not being from here, right? So everything I do to see family is, yeah. is on getting on a flight somewhere. So. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, my, my whole family's on the other side. Uh, the, on the other, they're in California area. So, you know, I get it. I, yeah. I get when you, 
you're just like you're ready to be able to jump on a flight but you have to like weigh every single like man is this a good option yeah. am i making a good choice am i i don't know and, i don't know i'm here from texas like they they wild wilding out all the things mm. no masks and i'm oh, like yeah. y'all good y'all got oh, it yeah I'm right. good. Yeah, I'm, I'm all right right now. Thank you, but no thanks. Thanks. No, no thanks. <laughs> hey, man, that's a nice cup you got down there. You want me to spit in that cup for you? <laughs> that's oh, that, that happens in Texas, right? To whom does, why, why to whom does that happen to? <laughs> Is that from something? Are you quoting something? I, I wish I was. Who are you hanging out with? <laughs> Oh, you you literally the way that you just said that, Kenny. Like I just was reading. Uh, I was reading this Reddit thread that um, so, somebody asked. He said, uh, "Doctors of Reddit, um, what have you like? What has it been like, or what has your experience been like uh, dealing with COVID deniers when like you have to tell them that they have COVID?" Um, and you know, mm-hmm. there was there were several stories like that where where they you know that you have somebody who has long COVID, they're like, they're in the hospital, they're in the ICU with like full, you know, oxygen, like right before they get uh, intubated. And they're still just saying like, this is a hoax. You need to tell me what I actually have. And they're like spitting in people's faces and like like, on purpose, just like stuff like that. And I'm like, man, what a crazy, like what crazy stories. And they were saying like, I can't tell you, I mean, I didn't count it. I should have, but the, like, there's just so many people saying, you know, I'm a doctor and in this, you know, ICU clinic, or I, I helped out in this, you know, COVID clinic or whatever, and just talking about how, um, you know, people would deny it, deny it, deny it, and like with their last breath before they get intubated, just like saying like this is a hoax, this is a lie, and then they end up, oh. you know, they get intubated and they die, and you're like, what a crazy, wow. like what a crazy place. Wow. You know, mm. to wow. to be and to be like talking through. So then you you're like, oh yes, <laughs> let me spit in your drink real quick. I'm like, oh my god, mm. that is yeah. so it's crazy. crazy stories. That's really crazy wild. Stories. Yeah, That's a terrible way to go. That's awful, man. Yeah. Mm. My my wife keeps sneaking in here to get ice cream. I don't know she where to take the whole thing downstairs. I don't know where to go. <laughs> take the whole thing. Yeah, that took a lift. I wasn't re- I wasn't ready. Wasn't. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's that, that got dark very quickly. I yo guys, for real though, and Portia just you know, I mean, I I don't know if you've listened to us much or anything like that, but we uh you know sometimes come out of left field and it's just like the realness because <laughs> I feel like no joke right this we're we're recording this episode the day after mm. uh you know George Floyd uh, trial not George Floyd trial but uh, so Derek Chauvin. And, you know, I, I had like the worst day yesterday and I really? couldn't figure out why. Like really? the entire day I was just super, yeah, I was just like stressed. You know, like you, I'm sure you have those days where you're just yeah. like, why am I so anxious? Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. Yeah. And I checked in with myself like five, six times. I couldn't figure out what was going on. Mm. And then um, my brother-in-law texted me and was just like, hey man, they're, you know, I know they're about to announce the, you know, the, the results of the trial here in the next couple hours, you know just wanted to check on where you were. And I was like, yeah. I've been reading about this all weekend. That's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just feeling that. And so I got home and as I got home, they, you know, I was listening to it on NPR and they, they were getting, they said, what, you know, judges coming back in and they're going to read it. And I was like, Lynn, I said, I told my wife, 
who's been home with our kids all day. I was like, I gotta, I gotta lay down. Like, I don't even know where I'm at, where I'm at right now. And they read, you know, all three of the trials or all three of the, the <clears throat> verdicts, guilty, guilty, guilty. And I just like wept. Mm. It was just like that. Mm. Here it is. Yeah. Mm. yeah, me too. You know, there was just this, like, I called my sister and I called my, but you know, my other buddy, um, we're just, you know, and he's not crying. He's just like, hype, hype, hype. And then all of a sudden he's like, got his head down and, you know, puts his head up and he's got tears. And I'm just like, it's just like, it was just so much, so emotional, so suddenly that I, I realized that like after that, I was like, I got to put my phone away. I can't do any of this right now. Right. And, and then we got another killing <laughs> You know, right before that. I think it was actually happening during, just, like, while they were either deliberating it was, or something it was like that. Yeah. Right before, yeah, yeah, it was like right oh before gosh. it. Wow. And I think, you know, we're just, we're, we're paying attention to, you know, uh, this huge trial. I just, like, I know that, it, I know that it was on Twitter. I just didn't realize it. I just was like, I just shut off. And then I, I'm like, you know, first thing in the morning and there it is. Yeah. And you're like, <laughs> shit. Yeah. Like, Micaiah. You know, one step forward is it, what you know force it feels like we it feels like we took a step and i put that in big quotes step forward right right and then it's like man here we are again like what are we gonna do yeah what are we gonna do to change this i hear that yeah and i think like you know one of the things that that i was thinking about just in terms of the verdict and everything was you know even in them you know giving you know, guilty of all three counts, you know, we still got, there's still a lot of work to do. And so, like, my oh, hope yeah. was that it's like, For okay, sure. I hope this sets precedent going forward, you yeah. know, just in terms of legally, I hope this sets a legal precedent mm-hmm. that shows right. and says, hey, this is not okay. You know, the, right. the, the murdering of, of, of black bodies you know, by police is right. not okay. You know, and I mean, I I do think, you know, like I, you know, I and I I try to think about it from all sides, even from you know, like man, like what would I hope for, like if if that was my son that was getting, you know, that was on trial, you know, and so like there's still a hope of a restoration in that, you know what I'm saying? Even in his, you know, that that at some point he recognizes, like, okay, man, like what I did was was wrong and it was heinous and it was, you know, it shouldn't have been done, you know, and of course that you know that won't, you know, bring you know George Floyd back, but. You know, I would still, you know, thinking about, I think, I guess, assigning humanity to him, even in a way that he didn't do to George Floyd, you know, mm-hmm. like you were, you would still want to assign him that humanity and hope for, for restoration, you know, of some sort, just in a sense of him recognizing, okay, this was the wrong thing. You know what I mean? And so... You know, but yeah, and still, like I said, I think I do. I hope that that sets a precedent going forward. You know, as far as legally, like okay, this is not okay. You know, it sets an example. If this happens again, you know, it's you know, it follows suit. You know, just in terms of you know justice playing out in that way. 
Maybe. But then you said, like, it's not even over, though, right? We have two more months until we figure out sentencing. And that's a whole oh, yeah. other yeah. kind of oh, yeah. crap show we got to mentally oh, prepare yeah. for is right. three guilties. That, you know, that's great. However, comma, you have two more months of waiting. I was watching yeah, a right. video today of George Floyd's sister, like, <laughs> reacting to uh, mm-hmm. the verdict. And just these are people having to to live with the you know the yep. reality that even with the conviction like he ain't never coming back like yeah, right. his kids right. will never you know be right. able to see embrace right. hold and all that. so that's that's a loss and that's a loss <laughs> um and at the same time you know Kenny you were saying if it happens again and I'm sitting here thinking no Micaiah Bryant just died yesterday oh, yeah. yeah you know yeah. so it's not an if it's right. a it's yeah. a it is an unfortunate when. holding a win, win right there's no it I kept is. thinking there's no relief like when does the pressure just come off completely it um it's like it, right. there's it comes off and you know spills and there'll be moments and nothing happens or major happens and I can find joy in something right. else that happens and then it's like no 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 don't don't get too excited um, here, here yep. we go again with the with the heaviness of mm-hmm. it, and then yeah. being real, like it's not even, it's impacting me. I can't imagine being those families. Like it's impacting yep. me in this right. way. I, Brandon, I cried too, um, watching it, listening to it. My stomach was in knots the whole day. Yesterday was the longest mother father day, terrible. and I could not figure out it's why. Terrible. And yep. then it hit me. I'm like, oh, this is this is what it is, and just wow. in knots. Like could not get over this nauseating feeling. And then to sit through it and thinking, and this is me on the outside, right? This is me yep. in my my space Can't of comfort, was, and yeah, yeah, I'm not even there. Yep. Right. Yeah. That's real. Yeah, I had a I had a hard time um, finding like uh, joy in the verdict. Not not because I didn't think it was right. You know what I mean? I, I think I think the jury made the right call. Um, but it was just the realization, yeah, a lot of what you guys are saying, one, it doesn't change what happened. Um, in, in, in general, I mean, these situations are sad, but especially when there's the, the trauma of hatred of, of racism and, and violence, <clears throat> specifically of, of police towards black and brown bodies, I, I was just, I don't know. I don't know what I expected to feel, but I think I expected to feel better. And instead, I still sort of felt this weightiness of like, I mean, what does it really change? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it does does it set precedent? I hope so. Does it begin to, you know, send a message that cops are not above the law? That that you know there are still expectations of protection and safety for all people, all citizens, all, all people, not just citizens. Um, Yes, I hope so. But in that moment, I just remember feeling like, uh, like, yeah, the weight was still very present with me. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And feeling like, I mean, I don't know if this analogy is going to make sense to you, but one of the very first things I thought of was a conversation I had with some of my white friends from back home when they said that, like, oh, race isn't a problem anymore. We elected Barack Obama. You know, this is back in, like, 2014, you know? And I remember just being dumbfounded at that, and I, I can almost hear the conversation around this being very similar. Like, mm. well, clearly, they'll hold cops accountable. Look at Chauvin. And it's like, yeah. y'all, yeah. Mm-hmm. The, these, these one-off <clears throat> things, these isolated incidents of accountability mm-hmm. or isolated incidents of, you know, uh, a black president are, are anecdotal. They're not... 
they're not the norm. They're not dictating new reform, new policy, new, you know what I mean? Like, Uh I am grateful for the verdict and I still felt very um, aware of how much more uh, is is needed, you know what I mean? How much more learning and empathy and education and growth and healing and restoration needs to happen, I guess. Um, So I... Yeah, I appreciate y'all sharing your your emotions and your and your thoughts on it. You know, being you know folks of color, and I, you know, just for a glimpse behind the curtain in, in some of the conversations I'm having with friends or family of you know, for those of us who lack the melanin, uh, you know, with my white white brothers and sisters, <laughs> part part of part of what I feel is that there's this like huge sense of urgency because. Like you guys are saying, it, this has hit home for so many families, but it, but it hasn't for me. And I have a couple folks of color in my family, but not mostly. We're mostly white. And so for me, there's this huge sense of urgency, not only because people are dying every day and, and these sort of incidences are happening every day, but also the idea that like I, I can almost it, – it feels like vultures are like circling. You know what I mean? And it's like – I I genuinely am fearful at times about where this lands next and if it's somebody I know. I mean, so many of my black friends and family have stories of run-ins with the police to to, you know, varying degrees of severity, right? But there's a couple that I can think of right offhand that I'm like, dude, a a, a couple of seconds in that interaction could have gone differently. And, and this would have been yeah. on the news. You know what I mean? And yeah. so yeah. there's there's so yeah, much there's so much present there in the idea that like the stakes are so high because still black people are are dying every day. And it's yeah. not just police, it's medicine, it's health you know, healthcare, it's um food, it's nutrition, it's all these other areas, you know what I mean, where there's inequity and disparity and there's just a lot of work still to do, I feel like. So Yeah. yeah. I was driving down Wendover. Um I think it was this past weekend. Um I was getting on Wendover and from probably but it's probably about a mile and a half, I guess, from where I work to uh, to my house. Um, you know, so I pulled on in the state trooper like right there beside me. And then he moves to behind me. And then he's just, you know, trailing behind me for a little bit. Then he gets back, you know, on the side. And the whole he ran time. Plates. The whole time I'm there, I'm like, my, you know, like Porsche was in, my stomach was in knots. You know, I'm mm-hmm. I'm tense. Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, 10 to 2. I'm like, it's my registration. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm like going wow. through everything in my mind. You know, because you literally have the thought. Yeah. Like, every single time you have the thought, like, all right, it's just about to be me next. Yeah. Wow. Um, I'm, I'm yeah. 5'4". Um, I've lived in, in North Carolina for six years, never had a ticket. Um, right. Tags, insurance, always on point. I legit just dropped 10 and 2. That's how I was taught. That's just kind of natural for me. And I, a few years back, put a sign, I wrote a sign and put it in my car 
and I can't even remember the verbiage, but it was something to the effect of, like, here's all my information, like, just so I wouldn't have to engage, like, nothing for uh, right. nothing, maybe I can mm, put it up right. to the window, and it's in my car, in right. my glove box, wow. right? Wow. Um, I've... And so this is for me. I, I don't like getting in trouble. I never got tardies when I, I was homeschooled for a bit. But then, so think about the nuance of being homeschooled in that space, but then going to public school. And I never got tardies, never been in detention. I never got in trouble. So, but the fact that this is what I think about, right? Like, this is me. You know, I am, I, I'm really great with words. Got a slick tongue every now and again. And so even <laughs> recognizing that that could be a detriment, like, mm. you know, Sandra Bland thinking about that um, and so I have like it's 2021 I have two degrees working on the third one uh, applying to doctoral programs uh, took some French took some Japanese and none of that matters the reality of it is with all that all that I, that someone would say but if you only did X Y and Z maybe you didn't speak correctly maybe it's the, you know your attitude maybe it's maybe 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 and I'm like so give me give me the excuse and give me the reason why, why would right. I need to do that? Let, let me know. Right. Right. Um, right. And that's and that's my very much live reality. Um, is that wow. and my boyfriend is six three and a half, six four, tall, bald, bearded black dude who weighs like two seventy. Um, play football. I am and, it, and lives in South Carolina. Going getting his second master's degree. At I'm terrified. Wow. Like, yep. I hate driving there. I, I don't yeah. drive there at night. And so thinking that he lives in this space, yeah, um, yeah. those are real, right. like those are real and actualized fears of yeah. mine. It's living um, life as a target. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah, sure. yeah. It's living life as a target, mm. you know, and I'm, and it is exhausting, you know what I mean? And you got to, you know, that you got to be on your, you feel like you got to be on your P's and Q's at all times. You're constantly wondering, you know, when you're in different spaces, what, you know, somebody's thinking or saying, you know what I'm saying, about you or assuming about you or, you know. And on, on one hand, you know, somebody can say, well, I mean, just don't care. You know, just don't care what people think about, you know what I'm saying. But honestly, in some regards, caring what people think about you is life or death. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like learning how to how to navigate um, how you're, you're seen, you know, or, you know, is, is life or death sometimes. You know, yep. and so it's wow. it's exhausting having to think about it. and I like people make those comments I'm like you you obviously have not had to live it. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Totally. Yeah, it's it's one of those things. Yep. It's it's something that if you if you, you know, uh, you uh, nobody who is listening saw what I did, but Doug said that he lacks the melanin, and I I pointed to myself because <laughs> obviously, as we've talked about. Uh, I am a white passing mixed person. <laughs> it is it is a thing. Just look it up, guys. Please stop assuming things about people. Um, there is more cream but, in this coffee. No, I mean I okay. I think I don't I don't think I said it on on the podcast yet, but I was on TikTok a while ago, and um, and I you know was scrolling scrolling scrolling, and I came across. This dude, and he said, you know, he 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 comes up and he goes, as a white person, you know, I mixed dude, dude, you know, I feel like I'm a double agent yeah. and like blah blah blah. I watched TikTok. I just started like I was like, I, I told y'all, I told y'all, <laughs> like, it's real. Where y'all at? And he, you know, and, and he was even worse than me, or he was even worse off than me. Uh, he didn't have any hair or anything. It was just whatever. It doesn't matter. The point is, you know, 
we come in all colors and, and shapes and sizes and all that kind of stuff. And, and uh, you know, Portia, I, I totally identify with what you're talking about because I've never had a ticket. I've never had a speeding ticket. I've never had a parking ticket. You know, I've, you know, when I was in school, there was like, there's just so much. I, I did get detention, but it wasn't, you know, whatever. But tardies, you know, I was, I was at school, you know, an hour and a half before because my parents had to drop me off and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, but the amount of times that I've been pulled over mm-hmm. and the, the stress mm-hmm. that just immediately, you know, mm-hmm. exactly what Kenny's saying. As soon as, some, as soon as a cop gets behind you, I'm like, I'm not doing anything wrong. And chances are my skin tone is not going to be mistaken for, you know, a threat. Mm. But that does not, you know, it doesn't take away what has been encoded into my DNA and taught to me from like, you know, I, I, my uh, portion, my parents were in the military. And so my dad always was, you know, you just you do this and you act this way. You say, yes, sir. You say, yes, ma'am. But that was to everybody. And so I always thought that a lot of these things were just regular things, you know, like my this what this what, you know, military household is. And, and you know. I moved to North Carolina from the West Coast and realized it's like, oh yeah, all this stuff is alive and well. It's very different on the West Coast. But my dad was teaching me stuff that he was taught. Mm-hmm. You know, my dad was teaching me stuff that he, you know, he's he's trying to imprint on us. But he never said it was a black thing. He never, mm-hmm. you know, none of that stuff came up. Yeah. And so I think I just think through like my wife. Um, my wife has said to me several times, like, why, why are you so stressed out? Like, why are you talking to you? Like, why do you say that to a police officer? Cause I'll pass the police officer and be like, Oh, thank you for your, you know, thanks, thanks for everything you're doing. All right. Thank mm-hmm. you. <laughs> so mm-hmm. just like, gotta go, gotta go. I gotta make sure he's Anna's on like, my side. You? Yeah. Yeah. And Anna's like, why are you doing that? And I'm like, I, don't, I just, I just gotta get out of here. I gotta be at, I gotta be, I don't, I don't, I made eye contact with him and I don't want him to think I have weed or something like that. I don't want him to come over here. I don't want him to come talk to me. I just want to go, I just want to go on. I, I want to blend in with everybody else. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what I want. Wow. Um, but I wanted to mention, um, on Monday, we, and I'm, I don't want to give a bunch of stuff away, but we, I have a, uh, um, we have a dude who's a, uh, he's a black guy, teaches at a, um, and he was just telling a story about, you know, how that, that day there had been a big fight at the school and, you know, the student was just kind of out of control. Um, and it, it was difficult to get them under control. It was difficult to, you know, calm them down and to, and to get the situation handled and all that kind of stuff. Um, and he's, he's talking to us and he's like, you know, I just want to, I feel like I need to, to sit them down and talk to them about what that would have looked like if a, you know, what if, if they, if they were in the neighborhood mm-hmm. and the police officer mm-hmm. rolled up, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. um, and he's like, I don't want to scare him, but I just want to talk, you know, it's like, I want to talk to him. Yeah. I just mm-hmm. want him to know, you know, like, that's what I want to do. And next day, you know, it's, it's, it's Micaiah. Mm. And you're like, I I just compared it over and over in my head, mm. like just like mm. shit. Yeah, you know, mm. like you don't even get the opportunity because the, it was the exact thing that that that, that he was talking about. Mm. You know, cop rolls up, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? Girl's out of control. I don't know what to do. Fire off four rounds. Mm. You know, like 
that's what that's what the answer is right now. That is how we solve this issue. Mm. And my sister, you know, I was talking to my sister and you know, I think this is more emotional than it is like I've thought through what I'm saying here, but you know, my mom or my sister's talking to me and she's like she's like, "Why would you shoot why would you shoot somebody f- you know, four times anyway, but even more so if you're trying to protect the person that she might be stabbing, why would you shoot her? She's in front of the person who she's stabbing. Like mm. bullets go through people all the time. And I just I was like, you know why, sissy? Like, you know why. Mm. And she's like and she's like, no, like let's you know, like I'm like, sissy, you know why? Mm-hmm. They're black. They don't it care. Matter. Yeah. This it doesn't it doesn't matter, you know, and like, and I feel like obviously, again, like I said, that's emotion and, and, you know, maybe there's more to it and all that kind of stuff. Maybe there's split second decisions. Maybe there's whatever, but I'm saying like, at, some, at what point, at, at what point, I mean, I, I tweeted about this morning and just so like, I th- it, cops need the guns taken away from them. Hmm. Like if they are not trained and can't make the decisions, which very clearly they can't. You know, I don't care if it's black, you know, if it's if, if you want to make the case, it's like, is it, there's more white people killed than black people. It's like, fine. Why are people being killed at the hands of cops? Yeah, period. Why? Yeah, across the board. Why? Why are innocent people? Right. Why are people? Well, and maybe not in, even if they're not innocent. You know, Kenny, you said earlier, you said if it was my if it was my son in Derek in Derek Chauvin's, uh, you know, shoes, what would I want? And I, my immediate thought was like, well, I'd want him to be able to even be in court. Not shot, not killed. He didn't even get the. The cops are supposed to put you in jail or put whatever it is supposed to. What you know, whatever it is they're supposed to do. Why are you? Why are you killing somebody who's running away? Why are you killing somebody who's not harming you? Why are you killing somebody with no, you know, no weapon? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It. You, you said something. Y'all been talking about kids, and I don't. I don't have kids. Uh, but one very real reason why I. I don't have kids is because I don't I don't know if I don't know if that amount of emotional labor and the time and I have friends who have babies I don't know if it's worth it for me to do that um, I don't know if I want to um, put my body under duress already knowing that um, infant mortality rates are higher for Black women regardless of education uh, my right. kid with master's degrees and all has um, a, a white woman with with barely a high school diploma has a better chance of having a healthy kid than I do. Um, and so... Wow. Do I even want to do that? And for what? For, for why? Oh. Why would I, on purpose, knowing that this is does not seem to be getting better, same issue that my grandparents and great-grandparents and just, just keep going back as far as you want to go, um, is that something I want to engage in? Like, is that something I want to do? I could not imagine... I, I can't imagine. And that's been a very real discussion I've had for the last last seven years. Um, and so, you know, growing up in, in, in a Christian home, people saying, well, you know, we're called to, you know, be fruitful and multiply. I was like, well, you do that on your time when you're not worried about someone in real life taking away some kid you're thinking about. Like, you you, you wow. be that person. Um, you offer yourself up as tribute. I don't know if I'm willing to do that. Um yeah. Even if it does spark a change somewhere else, I don't know. I mean, someone made a statement, a really misguided and ill-timed statement about um, George Floyd's death and the impact that it made, and um, like this martyrdom thing. And and I don't 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 have my kid be the martyr. Like you, mm. you offer yourself up as tribute for that. But knowing very right, real for right. me that 
I am making life choices on to have children or not based on issues around race. And wow. as like the first woman on this podcast, I think that's something that I need people to hear and understand is that mm. I am saying as someone who has chosen to believe in the belief system that I have and understanding what I understand and wanting to be married, I am telling you, I am struggling to make a decision on that fruitful and multiply stuff because wow. it don't make sense for me mm. right now. Wow. It ain't mm. worth it for me right now. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it, it's just, I, I can't, I, I, it does not comprehend like logically it doesn't make the odds are not in my favor why mm. would I do this on purpose yeah wow right. and I've molded this over you're for already seven stressed years. out seven mm. years right. I've thought about this right mm. right that's real that's huge Portia wow thank you for sharing that that's real yeah mm. Mm. It's hard to it's hard to find a, a silver lining in all of that because like it really doesn't seem like I feel it feels like we're backtracking. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm to to be one hundred percent honest, it feels like we're backtracking. You know? What do you mean? It feels like we're it feels like we're going going back to the the sixties, fifties, forties, you know what I'm saying, where it was just okay to lynch black people. You know what I'm saying? It was like, you know, that's what it that's what it feels like. And I mean, there's this I don't know. I was gonna say a facade of wokeness, you know, and I like I don't wanna I don't wanna make light of the work that people are doing to to grow and to you know to make change. Um, but I don't know if the if the climate doesn't change, if the laws don't change, if the you know what I mean, then it's just gonna be more mourning, more more maybe maybe more people mourning along with us, hmm. but it ain't gonna stop the mourning. You know what I mean? And well, so. I think you're just criticizing like wokeness as like being trendy. You know, like yeah. you, it's 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 just what it's just what you do because you know you put like we've talked about it before. You just put a black square up on your Instagram because that's what everybody's doing, and, and you're like you know, you, but you're not actually doing the work because because the work for everybody, you know, myself included, is is incredibly difficult. It's incredibly taxing to to acknowledge privilege. You know. Especially when you're in like a a, a a very poor situation, you know, like if you are, if your family's poor, if your family grew up in in terrible, you know, positions as, as you know, white uh, white individuals, it's very difficult to acknowledge privilege, you know, and and as if like you, you know, being white means you're better off, and you're like, look, that's not what that's not what this is, you know. It's unfortunate that you are where you are, just like it is anyone else. But that's not that's not what we're talking about here. And so then to to do that work and unpack, you know, biases that you have to constantly press up against forever, like all this stuff is like incredibly difficult. Posting something on Instagram is not difficult, you right. know. And you know, tw- you sending out a tweet is not difficult. It, it's it's when it it's when it shows up in like your li- your livelihood, you know. It's when it shows up when you're at work and somebody says something and you have to be like, that's not appropriate. Yeah. You know, 
that ain't, you know, what you just said, that off-color shit, nah, that's wrong. Because that, that's the stuff that says, I could lose my job based on how I talk to, you know, a customer. And you, can, you, got, you have to, you know, there's, there's a certain sense of, like, tact that has to be in there. But I just think about that when I think about, like, the work that goes into it. It's like, that's why I feel like we, we back up because being in a world where everything is, is constantly filmed, you know, we're seeing it all over again. We are seeing it, we're seeing it on, we're being inundated, right, with racism to the point that it just feels normal again and we don't press up against it. And I'm not saying we, like everybody, I just mean like it's, it's, it's easy yeah. to like feel right. desensitized yeah. by it and then you just don't, you don't actually push. Um, yeah. So how do you, so how do you not get, you know what I'm saying? Like how do you push up against that desensitization? You know what I mean? I think it's a balance. I think it's a not even balance. I think it is finding the reality of of, find, of maintaining engagement. And I say that to say this: I I don't think black and brown folks need to watch any any of the videos. And I shouldn't say need. I'll say this: my black body does not watch other black bodies getting harmed. And that's not only in real life. I do not watch movies that have a lot of violence. I do not watch movies um, that show the depiction of other black bodies being murdered or killed. Um, I, my, I don't like playing video games that depict that because I do think it normalizes this. And like you said, it becomes it's easy to become desensitized. We see it over and over and over again, right? I often say to other folks, if you live in dysfunction, dysfunction is normal. Only wow. functioning people seem weird, right? Like, oh, this is what wow. y'all do. Yeah. Y'all do X, Y, and Z. Yeah, this is because what you've been used to is normalized for you is this dysfunctional space. And so I, I don't, for me, I, I don't engage with that. Now, I want to be aware. But in the, the year of our Lord 2021, there's multiple ways I can be aware of something without having to watch it continuously, right? right. There's so yeah. many outlets for me to be able to consume it. I don't watch the news. I have no reason to engage with the news. They're not telling me anything exciting or good or new. It is only to <laughs> fear monger, right? That's right. And so since I have an awareness of that, um, it becomes my personal due diligence to say, how do I protect my peace, my mental health, uh, my sanity, um, just overall wellness and health and feeding on that consistently does, does me no good. Right. Mm. On the other side of the coin, if you are not, or have not been impacted directly by that, I need you to take a spoonful. Time to engage. And don't <laughs> add sugar to it. Like I need Hello. you to take a spoonful of this and Hello. I'm not saying you should yeah. gorge yourself on it, but I do right. think it needs to be realized and real for you to feel that. Um, wow. And mm-hmm. in a way mm-hmm. that you sit and you lament and you think, not in a way that you get to pass by it, you sit in that. So if you're watching a video, you sit and you pause and you sit and watch that. And and I, I hear people saying, well, I've already struggled with mental health issues. Well, talk, talk unpack it with a, a therapist and a counselor and say, hey, I want to be aware and be engaged and not grow hardened and not grow cold to this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And how do I keep yeah. that in check? Well, work out some, you know, some tactics and, and ways to do that with, with a professional, healthcare professional. But if that's not what you're dealing with and you get the, the luxury of glossing over it, you, you, back, you rewind that and you sit in that. 
Um, and people, you know, love talking about empathy. Putting yourself in somebody else's shoes. Some shoes I can never be in. Mm-hmm. Right? right? And I refuse to make light of other people's situations because I can't relate to that. Um, right. I have never... Um, I've never, I'll use this one, I've never been pregnant. I am not going to tell my friend who is eight months pregnant in the heat of the summer, oh, girl, it's okay. I, I mean, I understand I've been hot before. That is, that is, that's not, it's, it's insensitive. They would have very colorful words for me. Um, and, and really, as well as they, they might should, have some right? hands for you. I mean, the right ones would. The right ones would. Um, but again, thinking about They're me. They're pretty slow, though. This, you can move out the way. <laughs> just thinking about me again, like, and I did, like, all my identities. Like, no one would, I wouldn't say that to somebody. So right, why do you get to right. say it to other people dealing with other things right, right? Wow. like why, why would you even part your lips to say that um mm. and so i think how you stay if, if if so again if you have not been consuming if you've not been in it if you've not had to deal with the fear of the police being behind you or being accused of something i walk in stores with my bag on a wrist on purpose i don't like wearing wow. backpacks i walk around with uh i take pictures of uh receipts um i pay with card and not with cash so i can always go back and say wait a minute here's a charge that these are things i wow. mentally do yep. on a daily basis when they ask wow. me do you want a bag i say yes Yes, right, definitely. And it's hard because I'm all about being sustainable and green and like taking my own bags and places. And even in that, it becomes difficult because I don't want you to think that I took anything from you. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, and so if you've not had to think about that, then here's an invitation to start thinking about it. Right. There's and don't give me the excuse. Was I didn't know. And that, that's hard. That, that's always a hard thing for me to hear is I, I didn't know because. Yeah. That means you have a luxury of being able to not be aware of it to know it. Mm-hmm. Right. I have never realized how many um, left-handed desks are in a place until I was sitting in one. What is that like? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I'm a righty. Yeah. Like, there's just so many simple ways to connect with the content that doesn't downplay or you know reduce the the intensity or the value of what's being talked about. But I mean, how, we're thinking people. We got whole brains. Um, we can have conversations. There's, uh, we, there's so many ways to to get the information. So watch it. Sit in it. And when it, yep. when you start to cry, don't turn away. You you make mm. you make you watch it. And I think in thinking about how was I taught to do that, I remember being a kid and my dad made us watch Schindler's List. Mm. And I had to be like maybe the sixth grade when it came out, sixth seventh grade, and he made us watch it and. I have younger siblings and we started to cry and I was started to turn my body and he was like, no, you sit there and you watch it because somebody wow. lived through that. Mm-hmm. You don't get wow. the luxury to just turn it off for you. Yep. Right. And so wow. being even in that moment, just realizing that that's how you learn to be empathetic, right? Again, I will never put myself, I will never pretend as if I can relate to those things completely. However, I will sit in it. Um, and that, that, so those are the ways I have kind of taught myself to not be desensitized to it, to make sure I'm not growing hard or cold or that it becomes easy for me to consume death in that way. And that's hard to hear. Like, I have so many friends that play video games, and it it bothers me. I get disturbed. I won't say the video mm. game because I don't need no lawsuits. But there are things I get disturbed <laughs> watching. Like, sure. how is this okay? Are, are, is no one else bothered by this but me? And then I think, oh, no, no, of course, you're not the dysfunctional one. This has become normal dysfunction to sit in. Mm-hmm. That's right. And, wow. and, and that's how I, I'm like, oh, okay, this, this is not me this time. 
Um, this should not be normalized, however it is. And so, again, sitting in dysfunction for a long time, you think, oh, this is a nice dysfunctional pool. The water's green, but this is all I've known is green pool water. And I'm like, no, you can mm. have that dirty water. Um, That's right. I'll, That's I'll right. Get on That's right. <laughs> Yeah. That's right, and I I think in in your mention of of uh, of mental health professionals, you know, Kenny, I think that will bring us to our sponsorship. Kenny, don't do this. About uh, BetterHealth.com. I'm trying to right. I'm trying to make two things. I'm trying to make Portia spit out that water that she just took a sip of. <laughs> she she almost did a legit spit take. All right, two things. One, if you're listening right now, legitimately go back and rewind the last few minutes. And listen to everything Portia just said over and over and over again if you have to. Seriously, Portia, that was so freaking good. Thank you for what you just said. Secondly, I have a question, a follow-up question to the comment you made a few minutes ago about not having children. And mm. this is not agenda-driven because I don't have children. I probably won't have children, so I'm not trying to get you to have children. But my, my question is, and I, 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 I've just been thinking about this, you know, I don't know if it's if ideal is the word or what, but, but could you, could you paint a mental picture for what it would look like for you to feel like that would be, I don't know if safe is the right word or if that feels realistic. You know what I mean? Like I just keep thinking like clearly and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like what I heard you say was that there's a gap between what feels uh, safe and doable and um, I mean, almost responsible Responsible in a sense. Yeah. Um, from from where we are to where it would need to be for that, you know, to be a decision that you you feel like you yeah. could make or would want to make. And again, I, I'm not I'm not trying to push you in any direction. I just keep thinking like, where are we and where would we need to be and what what would that look like? And, and that's I mean you may, maybe more than we can fit here. But are there a couple of things maybe that that yeah. jump out? That's a good question. I, I, I like the word responsible. I was taught that it is the parent's responsibility to take care and and care for children, right? Hmm. So what do you do when you have done everything you can and it's, and and something still happens to your kid? Now, kids will fall. They'll hurt themselves like that. I understand that. Sure. But what do you do when you can no longer protect your kid? Like, what would that feel like to know that you couldn't save or keep your baby from something happening? So in thinking about what, what it would take, I've, I've tossed it over a lot of times and I have a neighborhood in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, of what it would look like for me to like raise kids that are um, just open-minded and respectful. And that neighborhood is just, again, we started off talking about how much I travel. It would, it would have to be some kind of, and, and it sounds so, ugh, to even say this, some kind of multicultural utopia right mm. of folks that and, and not just because i'm looking for difference across races of course i want that and i want the cultural pieces but I, there has to be a mindset of people that live there that are saying i see your kid as being as human as my kid and because your kid is as human as my kid i will do everything within my power to make sure that human being is taken care of and cared for well um and yeah. so and that's the environment and there are no bubbles that exist like that um, and that the other hand, like I thought about maybe if I move abroad or live abroad again and, and I'm like, no, they, they looking through this, looking on this here, uh, Al Gore's internet, I'm seeing they got issues there too, right? There's no, there is no safe bubble. Um, right. but that would be ideal for me as a space where people see my 
pretend fictitious kid is being human um how would you treat a human being and not just for the sake of what you can get out of them because let's be clear it's a whole lot of athletes and bodies that people value when they get something out of them um but what's the what's the fine line between seeing that that baby as an athlete and the baby as a threat to you is that's i don't know what kind of line that is um, yeah. but, but it'd be, yeah, it, it would, yeah, if I, if you could, someone could promise me and say, here's a community, these folks see you as human beings, folks ain't perfect, we will wrestle with things, um, but, and we will, it's okay to wrestle and struggle with it, but they'll see yeah. your kid as human, they will not demean your child based off skin, hair, 3C, 4C, that was mentioned earlier, um, hair texture, <laughs> whatever, um, and they can be their full selves and it'd be okay for them to make a mistake and it'd be okay for them mm-hmm. to get a tardy if they do so. And no one is basing the entirety of that child and their value on anything else, right? It's this, that's what, I'm okay, I, I have an issue with people using him when it's convenient because he said some really radicalized things mm. if you really listen to his messages. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's what he's talking about is see me as being a human being, right? Don't yeah. see you as being better based on this epidermal thing. Um, and I don't know if that exists. And if there are people that are listening here that have similar mindsets, you let me know where y'all live. Um, and I will consider. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm coming to visit. Consider right. what it looks like. I will like. join your commune. Yeah. Right? Um, <laughs> blessed be. Um, you know, is it, is, is, is it out there? Um, is it out there? I think it would take that. Or, or yeah. I will have to get to a point that I... I have to get to some kind of mental, you know, beyond the physical space that says whatever, whatever happens, if you have a kid and whatever happens, there was a purpose. And that's hard to believe. Um, Again, thinking Mm. about this baby, Micaiah, Brian, I would not want anyone to Mm. say that. I wouldn't want someone to say it to me. Um, And maybe you get to a point that you say, this kid could do something better, could be something better, um, could change something for the better. Um, And maybe that's a space of maturity that I just have to grow to um, and trust in... um, all the all the power. I love studying religion. So all the powers that be and exist, and all the universes and cosmos, and all all those. I would have to. Is there something else that gets me to a level of maturity that says I, I trust that um, this kid's in, in good hands, right? Mm-hmm. Um, even when I can't be there to protect them, or especially if I couldn't be there to protect them. And I don't know if that mm-hmm. exists, Doug. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. If that exists, yeah. Right. No, that's great. Thank yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I you were talking. Um, really in several different points now, <laughs> not just not just the last one, but se- several different points. I thought, yeah, she got to come back on next time. <laughs> oh, like, for sure, dude. Yeah. For sure. We we one conversation one thing, is not close to enough. I'll tell you one I thing that I thought about that. when you was talking about um, when you was talking about how, you know, like when you're in the store, you know, you take a picture of receipts. And I don't know if y'all done seen Dave Chappelle uh, when he did Death Poetry Jam. <laughs> and he did, uh, this was a long time ago. This is when, when Dave Chappelle was skinny. Uh, before, <laughs> before, Still skinny. This is before he was swole. <laughs> yeah, he's swole now, that's right. Yeah, he, he ain't skinny. <laughs> I would not F's with Mr. Chappelle. That's All right. <laughs> Dude, swole. Nah, but but uh, he did this. He did this one. 
where he was talking about he was in Mr. Fong's store. <laughs> and he was like, uh, he was like, you just hate shopping when somebody buy uh, or hate, you know, shopping when somebody watching you. He was like, um, because you always end up looking like a thief. And he, he, he goes up as if he reaches up on the shelf and then he looks back. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, I think about that every single time. Because wow. it's like, you be walking, you be walking, you be stiff, man. You looking like you're stealing something. I ain't, I ain't doing nothing. Yeah. But you Trying to look like you're not stiff. Right. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So you look, you look like, like you're stealing. Like <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyways. But yeah, no, nah, that, that oh, was, you know that was so good. That was so good, and if um, if y'all you know enjoy having uh, you know Portia on, join our Patreon page, and um, we know. don't. There's have no a Patreon. Oh, there is no oh, Patreon bad. page. Uh, my bad. My bad. Y'all. My oh bad. my god! All right, Kenny's, Kenny's trying to derail this whole thing. Yes, All right, man. so Portia, legit, we want to have you back. Thank you so much for coming on and talking to yeah, us. Do you, Do you want to plug some stuff? I know you are involved in some different things around here. Do you want to yeah. tell people where they can follow you online? Yeah, sure. I'm on the Insta um, at uh, Endurance Consulting. Um, I have my own consulting company, firm, uh, small company um, that focuses on having conversations like this, focuses on international education. Um, My website is www.endurancesconsulting.org, spelled just as it sounds, Endurance Consulting. Um, And that's my Insta, so you can find me there. Cool. All right. Well, I think that'll do it for this episode of Black, White, and Mix. Portia, thanks again um, for our listeners. Appreciate it. What's that, V? I just said, oh, my goodness. Yeah, that was good. That was a lot. (laughs) That was a lot. That was really good. Thank you. Um, All right. We're going to wrap it up. Um, Yeah, y'all check us out on Instagram at the BWM pod. You'll hear Brandon in the outro uh, telling you where to find us on Twitter and Instagram. Be sure to subscribe on Apple and Spotify and rate and review because that really helps. All right. So, I'm Doug Ogden. I am Brandon Johnson. I am Kenny Roberts with no tune. Portia, you go too. I'm Portia yeah, Charles. Go there you go. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we'll talk to you all next time. First, I must swag it in mind. So good. I'm Portia Charles. I'm Kenny Roberts. <laughs> Are y'all stopping y'all recording now? Hit and stop. Black, white, white, mixed. Come on, black, Thank you for listening to the Black, White, and Mixed podcast. We love being able to engage with our listeners, so don't forget to reach out to us on Twitter and Instagram at the BWM Pod, or you can email us at BWM Podcast Mail at gmail.com. Thank you so much. Black, white, white, mixed. Come on, black, 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 black